This was a year that none of us saw coming. This was a year that brought incredible challenges for most of us. This was a year that went completely differently than we planned or expected. This was a year that reminded many of us that racism is still prevalent in our nation. This was a year of tremendous tragedy, including over 320,000 people dying from COVID so far. We don't want to minimize any of that. We, we want to mourn and lament with those who are mourning and lamenting. And even as we look back at this year, this year was filled with many challenges, but this year was also filled with unique opportunities. This year showed us how much we take for granted. This year showed us what was really important. It showed us how much we take for granted our relationships. It showed us how much we take for granted sitting with a friend over coffee or a meal. It showed us how much we take for granted indoor dining and gatherings really of any kind. This year showed parents how difficult school can be for students and teachers. This year was a year that no one expected. And we didn't expect 2020 to be like this because really most of us haven't been through a pandemic before. That our frame of reference, the way that we see the world, the way that we look at life is limited. We can't see everything. And it's been impacted by our childhood, our education, our religious experience, our shame and regret, our pain and tragedy, and our fear and insecurity. And with all of that, our frame of reference still doesn't provide us with all the answers. And so we wonder, we wonder how long will this season last? When will we get back to normal? Will we get back to normal? What will our future look like? And this is right where the story of Christmas, particularly the story of Mary, the mother, mother of Jesus, and our story, it's where they intersect. That we don't know much about Mary before she gave birth to Jesus, but we find some similarities with her. Mary was probably a teenager or a young adult who was just sort of wondering about her future, wondering what she was gonna, her life was going to look like. Her relationship with Joseph, was she going to have kids? Will she survive childbirth? Will her kids survive childbirth? We also don't know much about Joseph, the man that Mary was engaged to. But before and after an angel appeared to Joseph, he wondered about his future. He wondered what he was supposed to do next. And they both wondered about their future because they were looking at life through a very specific frame of reference, like we all really do. That their frame of reference, like ours, it didn't provide all the answers, and so there was room to wonder. But their frame of reference specifically was impacted by the fact that they were Jewish children. That growing up, they heard that God had made a promise that he was going to bless the entire world through them, through the nation of Israel, through their people. But, however, Joseph, during Joseph and Mary's life, um, things were not going so good for their people. And so the nation became focused on God sending a rescuer to deliver them, like a Moses, or maybe better yet, like a Joshua. And so the people would pray year after year. The people would wait year after year. And there was so much wonder and mystery that filled the people's lives individually and as a nation until... God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now you found God's favor, Mary. It's not because of anything you've done. It's just because God has chosen you. As God chose Abraham, now God has chosen you, Mary. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered. We're going to come back to that phrase in just a moment. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? So here's sort of the fascinating thing about this part of the story. And really, this is the part of the story that really uh, helps us relate to this story even 2,000 years later. 
that even with all that was revealed to Mary by an angel, that she has all this clarity and suddenly she has the clarity that generation after generation after generation had hoped for. Even after she has all this clarity, she has more clarity than anyone else in her nation about their future. And yet, even with all that clarity, Mary and Joseph, they wondered. And we're going to spend our time on Mary today, but you can go back and read the story about Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Um, but Mary really was the one that had the bigger predicament here because she was the one that, for the very obvious reason, she was going to be the one carrying the child, right? And so Mary was wondering. And her initial response to the angel was that she was greatly troubled at what he was saying. And she wondered. And she was greatly troubled at the angel's words, at his presence, at the content of what he was saying, because she didn't really know how that was all going to play itself out. And so she wondered, what would this mean for her? What would this mean for her relationship with Joseph? What would this mean for her future? What would this mean for her nation? She wondered that even with all the information, there were gaps and there were mysteries still in Mary's life. And even after she was assured that she had found favor with God and that God was with her, she has questions. Namely, like, how will this be, she would ask. And this situation shows us that we can believe that God is at work, but questions often remain. And one of the messages about Christmas for you and for me is really that you can wonder and believe at the same time. They can sort of coexist. That even within a, a worldview, a frame of reference, a window that has been shaped by God, there is still mystery many times. And there is room to wonder and have questions. They can go together. There is room to wonder even within the context of the most wonder-filled story that has ever been told. If we fast forward from the Christmas story about 60 or 70 years, we bump into John. Now, John wrote an account of Jesus' life, and he wrote three other letters as well, because John saw everything. In fact, John was very close to Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, because he took care of Mary after Jesus' crucifixion. At this point in John's life, though, he's probably an old man by first century standards, um, and he's experienced so much. In fact, all of his friends have probably died at this point, or they've rather been killed for following Jesus. And John's just seen everything. He's seen bloodshed more than we can even imagine. And at this point in John's life, he's exiled to the Isle of Patmos because the current emperor doesn't want to make another Christian a martyr. So John's sort of on this Isle of Patmos waiting sort of to die. And he's got these questions probably. He's probably wondering, will Christianity, will following Jesus survive the Romans? <laughs> Did my life really make a difference? And so with these questions, John's sort of wondering through a very specific frame of reference, probably very similar to Mary and Joseph. But John was very certain of a few things. He was so certain of some things that he wouldn't take a deal for freedom because that would mean he would have to renounce his faith in a savior, his friend, Jesus. That the, the rescuer that the world had been waiting for was Jesus. And John believed that God has sort of touched down in human history through Jesus. That John's frame of reference or frame of life had sort of been impacted by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so John describes Jesus this way. He says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And I sort of imagine as John's writing these words, he's sort of looking out over his world and sort of wondering if the darkness, really if there's anything more powerful than the darkness, the isolation, the, the loneliness that he's experiencing. And yet these words are more powerful or probably just as powerful now as they were 2,000 years ago when John wrote them in the first place. Because I don't know about you, but one way to think about this year would be to use the word darkness, right? Uh, this, this year has not gone the way that any of us had expected or would expect to experience. Uh, many of us have experienced more grief this year than previous years all combined. 
So many of us have experienced so much change this year. Just look at Christmas. Christmas is completely different than we expected. We're talking about how we're going to experience Christmas or celebrate Christmas instead of who we're going to celebrate it with. Others of you experience other kinds of loss, the, the loss of jobs or income, the loss of normalcy in our world. That depending on our frame of reference, the world can look pretty dark right now, right? So I want to take time as we're sitting here together online to remind you and remind all of us that the light has come. That Jesus came to bring light to the world and he came to bring light and life and that light and life is Jesus and nothing can overcome it. That John said this with a level of confidence and seriousness that that nothing can overcome the light. And he said it another way, another translation says it this way, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. That nothing can overcome the light that Jesus came to shine into our lives and the life that he came to breathe into everyone. In just a moment, we're going to light some candles as our team leads us in singing Silent Night. We light these candles to remind ourselves of the light that came into a dark world at Christmas. Because as John's going to describe in just a moment, he's going to describe Christmas and Jesus coming in a really powerful way. He says this, so the word became human and made his home among us. That Jesus came to be light with us, not just sort of shining light off in the distance. I don't know how many of you have been driving at night, um, maybe on some back roads, and, and someone's driving towards you. And the person's driving towards you, so you can kind of see their lights off in the distance, but their lights really don't help light your path. In fact, if their lights are high beams, um, it's really their light is actually making it harder for you to see. And that might be a little bit of what it would be like if God sort of sent a light off in the distance to just sort of shine our way. But 2,000 years ago, in a very little town, in a very, very dark world, God sent a light to the world, and that light came to shine within us, around us, to the left and to the right, that as we look out the window of our life, we'd be able to see the dark world a bit better, that that light will never be overpowered by anything that we face. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for the light that he came to bring into a dark world. That Mary, Joseph, John, many other Jesus followers experienced a very dark time in history. And it sort of helps provide us with some hope that you came to bring light into a dark world 2,000 years ago, just like you come to bring light into our dark world now. And there seems to be so much darkness uh, with COVID, with job loss, with, with people struggling to make ends meet, with just struggling to make put food on the table. And yet, God, we know that we can look to you. And we know that you are the light that helps us to see the world the way that you want us to see the world, to see people the way that you want us to see people. And then we need to respond accordingly. So God, for people that are a little bit unsure about this whole Jesus thing and about coming to this world, God, would you help them to experience something this Christmas that would help them to see you and to experience you in their lives? For those of us who are Jesus followers, would you help us to look at the world the way that you want us to see the world with your light, with your frame of reference? that we would look to other people and look for ways to help them and to love them just like you left heaven, left all of your privilege and status and came down to earth. And then you used your privilege and status and power to help other people. So God, would you help us to leverage all that we are, our influence, power, our money, our resources to help other people this Christmas. God, we thank you for Jesus bringing light to our world. It's in his name we pray. Amen.